Hello there, Lollygaggers. <laughs> it's another week, and this is a big week for those over here at Lollygagging Sports. As always, I am Bo Reed along with Samantha Button and Matthew Irby. Samantha, it's a big week. We've been waiting for this for a while now, and it's, it's finally here. First, we had Truck Day, which was last week. Now we've got Report Day. Guys in Arizona and Florida are going to start playing catch, and it's happening this week. You know, you know what else is happening this week? What's that? It's best shape of his life season. There's already one. I saw it. I, I, I actually meant to text you guys earlier today. I, I did see one of those. It was. It, it wasn't along the lines of best shape of my life. It, it was. It was the other version of. Things are great. Things feel good. I'm ready to go uh, from somebody who wasn't ready to go last year. <laughs> so that is true. That is true. It is here. It is here. So we're actually going to have some fun. And Hold on. I missed it. Who was, who's best shape of their life? Who went first? I actually forgot the player's name. That should tell you all you need to know. No. <laughs> well, technically, it was those pressers in Minnesota where Carlos Correa was, was- – <laughs> talking about someone else looking sexy, which was weird. But I do believe that was the first official instance of Best Shape of His Life season. So, okay. that makes sense. two people, actually, at Twins Fest. So, they, they jumped the gun a little bit on that. It's best Shape hey. of His Life season is not supposed to start until the first week of spring training. But, is it, here we are. Is it possible to be in the best shape of your life with his ankle? He wasn't talking about himself. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought he He's was in the best shape of a German Shepherd. <laughs> I thought he was proclaiming himself to be in the best shape. Okay, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to kick off our preview of the Major League Baseball season. We're going to take this division by division, starting with the AL East tonight. We are going to be talking about projections with wins. Where things are, are, are being projected out. Now, ours are based off of Fangraph. Samantha, do you want to take them through our guidelines here for how we're going to be running the, these wind projections for, for, for all these teams? Yeah, guys, we're just doing a standard over-under. Um, at the end, we'll, we'll talk about each team, then we'll, we'll give you the over-under, and then we'll talk about whether we think that team is going to go over or under that total. Um, word of caution, we are using... Fan graphs, which is going to be based on a blend of SIPs and steamer. So these are the baseball projection system over-unders. So if you notice a difference, um, because depending on the podcast you're listening to, some people use the Vegas over-unders, and the Vegas over-unders tend to be higher, particularly for teams in the middle. Um, they tend to flatten out a little bit at the top and bottom, but just in case you're wondering, I'll give you guys the the, the hometown example for my guardians. Um the baseball projection systems that specifically would have them at 83. Um, they would be at 86 for Vegas. So there is a, a pretty significant difference between the two. So in most cases, I don't think it makes a lot of difference in terms of whether you would take the over or the under on that particular team. But just so you know, if they're seeming a little low to you and you're used to looking at Vegas projections, that's why. Because Vegas tends to run a little bit higher on over-unders than Zips. Steamer, Dakota. So just putting that out there so that everybody's aware, we are running off of Fangraph's 
which was a combination of zips and steamer. One more clarification on that for those of you new to the program. If we're talking about Pakoda, we're probably making fun of them. Oh, yeah. Please don't use Pakoda. Like, by all means, like, make your decision based on whether you'd rather use Vegas, which we would recommend if you are gambling, or Zips or Seamer, if you are just looking for pure baseball stuff. But please don't use Pakoda for anything. Guys, no. just don't do it. Just don't do it. Sometimes making a joke out of them is difficult. Like, it, it's Hold on. Unless they're betting against me, then you can use Pakoda. Feel free to use Pakoda. It's valid, actually. True. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get let's kick this off. As I mentioned, we're going to be doing the ALE, so let's start with those Yankees. Samantha, you know, they add Carlos Rodon. They 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 do a little mix and match throughout the rest of that roster. You know, something you know, one piece in the bullpen. You know, lineup shuffle. You know, they're bringing in some guys, not necessarily moving the needle. How much does does, does Rodon move the needle for them? Are, are they a better team? than they were last year just because they they upgraded the rotation with him? Yeah, I think so. I mean, part of the problem with the Yankees is that, like, the, the shaky bullpen is still the shaky bullpen. So that's not going to be any different, and, and we'll get into that too. But, yeah, like, Car- does Carlos Rodon make them better? Yes. I mean, if you just swap him out and make it, like, a straight swap in the rotation, then, yeah, they're a better team with Carlos Rodon. What does that translate to? And, and this is where I think it gets a little bit sticky. Like, are you going to win more regular season games with Carlos Rodon in your rotation? Yes. I, I would venture to say yes. Or at the very least, you will not be losing them because of your rotation. Whether or not it really makes any difference in postseason, I mean, that's probably where this becomes more important, right? Like, a little short on, on high-quality starters there a year ago. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think this helps them. Is it the thing that's going to push them back Houston? I don't know. I, I don't know that Carlos Rodon is the answer to beating the Astros, especially considering the way that New York just kind of laid down and died. Um, they faced them in the postseason last year, but yeah. is it an upgrade to the rotation? Absolutely it is. Yes. Yeah, I'm actually glad you brought that up because when, we, when we're talking about the Yankees, we almost have to have it in that context of right, does, right. Is yeah. this enough to beat Houston? Because we know it's enough to win the East, right? We don't know if it's enough to beat Houston, and the gap just seems a lot larger than one starting pitcher from what we saw in, the, in October last year. The gap between those two just seems like more than just hey, we got Rodon, we're good now. I don't think so, Yankees. I don't think so. Irby, how about you? What are your thoughts here, Rodon? Does it does it does it translate to more W's for the Yankees? I yes, Rodon rotation as a whole translates to W's. Whether whether it's more than last year's, you know, obviously there's lots of factors playing in there, and the. But yes, I Carlos Rodon is that that is good for your team. This this is not like. Uh, they went out and overpaid for Matt Harvey or anything like that. Like they, you helped your ball club here. Carlos is a good thing. So yeah, I uh, and especially you guys talk about October. I mean, yes, that that is. A thought. I think you said it perfectly there. That that is the measure here. This is this is not about getting wins in April. This is not about getting wins in May. This this is about getting wins in October. And Carlos puts you in that position with the offense they have with with the potential. Sorry, I should say it that way. With the potential that this offense can have, Carlos Rodon is a pitcher who can go out and take care of business on any given night in October 
and put you in a position to win. So, yes, I, you're a better team for having him on your ball club. You know, I'm actually I'm really glad you brought that up there, Irby, because, you know, Samantha, this team started off red hot last year and ended, you know, well behind Houston in terms of, you know, the top team in the American League. Of course, they still won the East. Uh, but things got a little bit closer than anyone really thought they would down the stretch. So if they get off to another hot start this year, because guess what? The bullpen arms haven't been blown out yet. The starting rotation gets off to a good start. The offense is clicking. Eventually they are going to have that come back to the pack moment like they had last year. Well, yeah. And this is why like, we all are very dismissive of that whole thing that shows up in early in the season or sometimes before the season is, are, is this going to be a historically good team? And it's like, well, you actually kind of have to play out the whole season before you can say that because teams right. like this tend to fall off a cliff. So this is not to say that they won't be good or that they won't be, you know, hanging around at the very end of things when we get deep into the playoffs. But you look at what happened to them. They were a much better team in the first half of the season than they were in the second. And, and they really didn't equip themselves particularly well in the postseason. Like, they almost got knocked off by, like, an upstart Guardians team that wasn't really supposed to be there. And then they just completely laid down and died against Houston. Yeah. And really, like, they should have, like, run over the Guardians. And they couldn't do it. And they should have been able to hang with Houston at the very least. And they couldn't, based on what we saw early in the season. A lot of that's about bullpen, and, and that's where the complaint is with the Yankees, and, and that's, you know, that and injuries, which you can't do much about that. But, I, I mean, we still have the same gripes about the Yankee bullpen, I think. It, it makes you wonder, though, doesn't it? Like, like, you know, going out, you know, adding Rodon, provided they stay relatively healthy in the first half, Cashman has no no excuses anymore. He has to focus on the bullpen this time around, right? Like, it, it's not a multiple problem situation. The bullpen is the problem, and it needs to be fixed. Well, yeah, and I think the problem is, is we've been saying this for years, right? I mean, we've been on them about pitching in general. Um, you know, we, we parked on the starter thing, and they finally did it. You know, like three years after we kept saying, like, you need another starter, you need another starter, they, they finally decided, oh, gosh, we should get one. But the bullpen thing has been an issue as well, and there's really no reason for them not to be adding at the deadline, particularly because bullpen pieces are something you can generally come by at the deadline, and you can get a guy who, you know, moves the needle uh, <laughs> in, the, in a positive direction. Um, but the problem is, is that, like, this was the case a year ago as well, and we didn't see it. So whatever it is that they're doing, and part of the problem is they have that great start. Right? So you're thinking, well, we don't need to do anything. We're just going to stand. And it's like, yeah, but have you seen what's, what direction you're trending in mm-hmm. since the break? And, and things kind of went downhill. But they were still a good team. Like, you can see the temptation to not be mortgaging pieces of your farm to go out and get a bullpen piece because they've been holding together. But, like, it's not good forethought when we know, looking at the quality of the bullpen, the fact that they were getting by because they were scoring a ton of runs and the starters were going deep in games was not going to hold for 162 games plus however many postseason games you end up playing. And then this is the problem. And, like, yeah, we can say, well, there's no excuse for Cashman not to do it at the deadline. But the last year at the deadline, we were saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do what they needed to do. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't one to jump on Cashman this offseason when he really wasn't landing these top free agents that Yankee fans seem to want. 
but if he doesn't address that bullpen at the deadline, I'm 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 very much going to be critical of Mr. Cashman. Irby, how about you? Any thoughts here before we uh, play over under? Uh, yeah, to throw a wrench in your uh, your idea there, Bo. You know, one of your you're talking about one of the keys is staying healthy early on in the first half of the season, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess what? Oh, Mr. No. You know, yes, because today is you guys, we always talk about this is best shape of your life. Well, you know who's not in the best shape of their life right now? Nestor Cortez. Oh. Nestor Cortez, who will now miss the World Baseball Classic because of a low grade two strain in his hamstring while running sprints at home. So Nestor might not even hit the beginning of the season. And you, Bo, I know this is one that is one of your favorite nagging injuries. Hamstring injuries don't fix themselves overnight or over a week uh, no, or over a month. No, they don't. <laughs> now, now low-grade low two is not something to be too overly concerned about. Yeah, it's going to knock you out of the World Baseball Classic. You know, plenty of time to get that thing healed up. But, but why is he running sprints in the offseason at home without a proper stretching program that is administered by the team at spring training? Right? Am I wrong, Samantha? Do some light jogging, maybe? Some, some, some like, you know, 60% light wind sprinting? That's about it. You don't, push the, you don't push this thing too far when you're sitting at home. Okay, controversial opinion. Well, first I should say that, yes, I agree with you. Like, especially pitchers. Like, please don't do stuff without supervision. Pitchers, please don't do that. Like, it's just, they... They're so fragile. Please don't do that. So I completely agree. That's the same as look on the mound. Don't do stuff without thinking or asking your catcher first. However, I consider this positive because I know we're all supposed to pretend that we're very honored and everything that like our players are going to be in the WBC. But like we live in America, we're American baseball fans, and it does not carry the same point of pride for American fans um, as it does for fans from some other countries. So I understand why he wants to do it, and I understand why his countrymen are excited for him. But for me, as a fan of an American Major League Baseball team, I don't want my pitchers in the World Baseball Classic. Like, I'm over here having, like, a stroke about Cal Quantrill. Mm -hmm. I mean, who is not Nestor Cortez on his best day. Like, I, if Andres Jimenez, you know, wants to go play second base in the WBC, then Douglas, go for it. I don't want my pitchers in the WBC. It's not worth it to me. Like, I don't need pride for Canada for a Cal Quantrill to be in the WBC at the risk of my rotation. If I'm a Yankee fan, I'm thinking the same thing. Like, you know what? Like, is he going to be ready on the first day of the season? If he is, then you know what? This is probably a positive because you don't know he's not going to blow out an arm the WBC, and I'm unwilling to take that risk. So I'm sorry. I know it's just very unsporting of me or whatever, but I'm just telling the truth here. Like, we hear more about our teams than we do about whether or not whatever country wins the WBC. That's just how fandom works in America. Yeah, <laughs> so, you're right. As attractive right. of a concept as it is, and I know we're all supposed to pretend that we're very proud of this and everything, but that's just not how this works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and, and, and to double down on your point about the, 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 the fragility of pitchers, cut their spring training in half. Yeah, I don't need to see them make any stuff. They're, they're, already, they're already not properly stretched out going into the World Baseball Classic, and they're already fragile. <laughs> Let's not let's not go down this road, okay? Uh, let's let's just not. <laughs> However, hey, yeah. <laughs> go ahead, Jamie. Anything else there before we do the overrun? Oh, I, 
No, I'm just totally agreeing with you again on this point that like I would rather that my pitchers couldn't make it six innings in the first couple of weeks of the season than that they throw too many innings in spring training and then they can't make it six innings in September. So yeah. you know, like let's chill out with the like pitch counts and spring training. Calm down. Don't need it. Don't need it. <laughs> you ever think and this is probably the earliest in baseball season. Because I consider spring training baseball season. I think you guys yes. do. I think this is the earliest in baseball season where we've had to mention just how infatuated the two of us are with the arm. Mm-hmm. And this is where it kind of becomes a, like a, a like a stroke causing incident like thing to have. Because, yes. <laughs> because we look yes. at this and we see this from the perspective of what are you doing? His arm's gonna fall off. <laughs> I yeah, it, this was, yeah. If you're newer on these parts, I Bo and I are obsessively interested in sort of the structural issues that go along with <laughs> pitching stress and and the strain put on the arm by various types of we'll, we'll call it situational pitching that is maybe not. Um, handled as delicately as it should be by certain major league teams. Um, it's, but you're right. We were early into this discussion. It's we're really early into early. this. We always get there eventually, but we're early this year. It's probably the WBC. Thank you, Nestor, for yeah. spiking my heart rate. Through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want Nestor to get hurt. I am not a Yankee fan, but I, I do not want anything to happen to Nestor Cortez. He is a treasure. We want him to be able to play baseball, major league baseball, not world baseball, classic baseball. All right, let's get into this over and under. Uh, Fangraphs has the Yankees projected. This is a little surprising. This is probably the easiest over under we're going to have this entire uh, preview. But the Yankees are projected by Fangraphs for 89 wins. That is criminally low. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, look, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to give you guys like the Vegas odds for every team, but I will tell you the Vegas odds for the Yankees is 99. Um, that's a huge swing. That's a, a 10 win gap, which is mm-hmm. absurd. And I actually think Vegas is a lot closer to correct on this one. I mean, 89, especially when we're, we're going to get to all these teams in the East and you're going to see how close it is, which is patently absurd when you see, for example, what the wind shuttle is for the Blue Jays. It's kind of funny. But 89, yeah, I mean, like if you're betting on the fan graphs projections rather than the Vegas projections. Like, if somebody is giving you 89 as an over and under and allowing you to bet money on it, like you're, you smash the crap out of that over. Oh, yeah. Guys, 89? <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> Way over. Is everyone going to get hurt? Is that what they're projecting? Everybody gets hurt? Like, all of them? I mean, it wouldn't, them. It wouldn't necessarily all be... All of them. It wouldn't be out of the question. For all I of them mean, to get if, hurt. They must have thought of... On their roster must... get hurt, I will eat a shit. Um. <laughs> Whoa, hold on. hold on. They must have thought Tanaka was still in their pitching. Sorry, I just want to throw Tanaka. You guys talk about the arm. I know that gives y'all. Yeah, yeah. That dude's worth 10 wins? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right, Irby, how about you? Over, under, at 89. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the over. I, the only justification I can have for this is that you, I, I don't get the Rodon over Italian why they're pitching, you know, the bullpen issues. Um, look, Judge uh, got paid, so does he take a step back because of that? Bader, is the offense not there? Do you not trust the Oswaldo, Oswaldo, Oswald, Oswaldo? That's going to be really difficult. <laughs> um, 
is, yeah. is Rizzo taking steps back? Is it the catching? I mean, there, there's lots of things that you can pinpoint and go 89. I can see it. I, I agree with y'all. I think they are over, but it is an interesting number because pay attention during the season wouldn't be the craziest thing to happen just because things can kind of fell in place at times for the Yankees last year and they got where they were. If they don't fall in place, I just keep that 89 in the back of your head. Not saying it'll happen, but keep it there. I'm also going to take the over. Um, I was going to have to, like, if it was 99 wins, like, like Vegas is projecting, I would have had to have a actual, like, sit down and think about it. So the fact yeah. that it's 89, come on. That's, 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 yeah. that's, that's a pretty slam dunk over. Um, <laughs> watch them win 86 games. All right, let's move on to Toronto. <laughs> the Blue Jays are next. So the Blue Jays, Samantha, they're a little interesting to me. I still think they're, they're a little short in the rotation. But they did. They were active, and and they did add to a pretty good roster already. So they're definitely going to be better. But is it enough to catch the Yankees? Like, is it enough to unseat the Bronx Bombers and actually win the AL East? Or are they still going to be just be a wild card team again? Yeah, I don't think there's much chance they catch the Yankees. In fact, I. Well, wait till we see over under on that soon and laugh and see how close the other is far. Um, which I, I don't think is in any way accurate. Um, like I, I think the Blue Jays did what they could this offseason without getting like too crazy. Um, you know, we have Brandon Belt coming in because of the chicken tenders. Um, he signed there because of chicken tenders. So, you know, it's been following <laughs> that story. Um, interesting stuff. Um, but for the most part, I, there was some housekeeping too, you know, like sending Bogachet, that sort of thing, and then improving that rotation. So my thing with the Blue Jays, with what they've done here, is that I think they did a good job of slightly improving. I think it'll take their win total up a little bit. It kind of holds them ahead of their race, um, which is going to be important here in, in terms of wild cards and, and seeding and whatnot, and, and probably punches them, you know, short of catastrophic injury issues, a, a ticket to the postseason as well, right? It's not going to be enough to catch the Yankees, which, okay, I don't know that you need to. My concern is, like, I think that with the pitching being what it is, even with the additions, particularly when we're talking about starters, I don't know that you can win a playoff series against most of the best of the American League because you just don't have the starters. And we always talk about this, like, what wins postseason games? Three ace or close to ace caliber starters. Like, when I look at that Blue Jays rotation, I don't know how they win a post-game or post-season series against, let's say, the Guardians, even though they're a far better offensive team than mm-hmm. the Guardians because they don't have the pitching. So, again, it's like, yeah, this is this is great. I, I think you will hold your own in the East and, and possibly move up in the East and, and maybe be closer to the Yankees than anything sarcastic. But, ultimately, how are you going to win playoff games with these guys? I mean, are you trusting Kevin Gaussman? to go out there and give you six scoreless or close to scoreless innings in a postseason game. Maybe. Mm. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not either. Like, I, on a good day, yeah, he could do it. But, like, are you going to go, is this, is this a guy where you're like, yeah, absolutely, he's just going to shut it down? I, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, I guess like, I mean, if you have no choice and you, and you have to toss him out there, sure. you're, 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 you're going to be behind him. But my goodness, uh, no, I'm not trusting Gaussman for that. 
Irby, how about you? Are you trusting Gaussman? And what are your other thoughts on the Blue Jays? I totally depends on how you mean trust. <laughs> God, he's got a clarification for everything. Have you noticed that, Samantha? You define the word trust, and then I'll say no. Um, <laughs> you're going to have to do what is is next? Is, is, if we have to get there. Uh, it could be worse, Toronto. It could be worse. This rotation could be a whole lot. It's, it's full of twos and threes. Um, so yeah, I, I, if it's healthy, this is it's not a hindrance. But like Samantha said, when you go up against some of the big dogs, that's the problem. And so I, I, I just curious to see how Toronto. I'm also very hesitant to Toronto because I was really high on them last year. So. I kind of have to come down off of that, even though I like the trades for like the Whit Merrifield during the season last year and um, bringing in Dalton, uh, Varsho, Kiermaier for the for the defensive purposes. Even, I mean, Eric Swanson, that, that does help you. I don't like what you had to give up for that just because that's direct competition um, that we'll get into in a, in a, in a month or so. But I, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird because Toronto, for the last couple of years, loves talking about splashes and, and, and making big strides. And they didn't do that this offseason, and that might be a good thing. So, I, I, I it could be worse. Like, like, I look at Toronto. This is not a bad lineup. This is a winning baseball team. This is a, you know, the great discovery last year of uh, um, Espinal. Like that, that worked out wonderful. It, it's things like that. Like, this is a good baseball team that is playoff worthy. Can they go deep? A no, but I no. So so with that, I think coming back to it, you said for defining trust in that way, I trust these guys to make the postseason. I trust this rotation and the offense they have to win ninety games. I know we're getting into that, but but to win enough games to get themselves into the postseason. And then, well, you're playing craps at that point. <laughs> Build for the marathon, but not for the sprint. Samantha, Samantha, anything you want to add here before we uh, play over under? Uh, no, no. Just that I think I, I guess the, the I'm sort of agreeing with whatever he's saying that like it, like take the race. Like, do I think that the Blue Jays will finish ahead of the race in the regular season? Yes. Do I think the Blue Jays could beat the race head to head in a postseason series? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> so. Guess what? Once you're in the playoffs, it doesn't matter anymore, and that's where these kind of problems start to show up. Although I will say that, like, I I like that the Kevin Kiermaier edition. That's one of those quiet little small things that could come up big. So I'm a little bit intrigued by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Okay, so uh, Fangraphs, you guys have both alluded to uh, the uh, surprise. I, I guess that's being nice. The surprise here. Uh, Fangraphs has the Blue Jays projected for 88 wins. Remember, the Yankees, they have at 89. So they have this a one-game race, Samantha, where we're going to get down to the last weekend of the season and still not know who the AL East champion is. I don't think that's going to happen. But I could be wrong. <laughs> so what is your over-under here? <laughs> at 88 wins, you're taking the over or the under? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I don't think this is accurate at all, and mostly because I, I think that 88 is pretty spot on for Toronto. It's that the Yankees' projection is low. That's why they're so close together. I, I actually think that they dealt the rest of these East teams fairly correctly, 
in terms of the projected win totals, or at least something close. But no, they're not going to be one game apart, and that's going to be because the Yankees are going to far exceed that 89 wins. The 88 for Toronto, on the other hand, makes a little bit of sense. I think this is a hard one. I would not put money on this because 88 like feels about right. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, I mean, it's the temptation is to say that they would win 90. Um, because they're a very good baseball team. They're also in, I mean, we have a little bit more competitive balance this year because everybody plays everybody now, love it or hate it, it's here, the balanced schedule. But they play in a really tough division. It's very hard to win 90 games and finish second in a division as competitive as this one. So I'm a little bit tempted to take, like, the under and go 87. But I'm also kind of tempted to take the over and go 89, and I guess I can't push. So, you know what, I'm going to put them in 89. I'm going to have them comfortably behind the Yankees, but I'm still going to take the over. Okay, Irby, how about you? I'm over as well. Uh, I, I think I agree with the 88. I think that's a spot-on number there. So I'll, um, what I'll, I'll do what is it? The price is right to move on Samantha, and I'll pick 90. So she's going 89. I'll do the 90. <laughs> it's just, um, but I, I, this is great because I actually didn't look at this list ahead of time. And, I, and so this is new to me. As you're revealing it, this is brand new to me, and I love it. Because you've got 89 and 88, and I, I agree with y'all. I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm so here for this. Especially, I don't know, what are we going to have? Like, what's next, 87? And then is, is the Rays at 87, Baltimore at 86? Are we going to be like that? Because I'm so here for that. <laughs> All right, well, look, if we're going to play by prices, right rules, and I'm taking one win for the Blue Jays. You guys are both over, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be safely under. They win one. One. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to win the opening day and then lose 161 straight. <laughs> oh, goodness. No, I, I, I think they're going to be about 90. I'm taking the over. Um, I mean, it, it, I think they're a 90-win team, uh, but I think they're a you solid pick it, you got to pick a different number. You can't pick the same as us. You're going to go above me or below Samantha. Yeah. Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot. Fine. You know what? Okay. 91 wins. I think they get that. 91, all right. <laughs> You For the record, guys, when doing an over-under, you only have to guess over-under. You just have uh, yes. a different number than <laughs> This is a lot more fun, though, isn't it? I think it's fun. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. I just want to make sure everyone is clear on the rules. Damn it's going to be even better when they win 90 and I can get rub it in both y'all's face. Like, ha See, told y'all I nailed that one. <laughs> we can have, like, some lollygagging rules where we, where we also have to list how far over and how far under. That could be fun. If you want to make us sound dumber, that would be a great way to go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy! Stick to the script, pal. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) Tampa Bay. Let's go. Let's go down to Tampa. Uh, Who? Am, Am I? Am I being too general here, Samantha? When I say they're basically bringing back the same team. I mean, they, they, did, they had some moves, they did some swaps, but it's basically the same team, isn't it? I mean, yes and no. I mean, from a technical standpoint, it's not the same team. There were actually a lot of changes, but in terms of, like, is it going to present the same way? You're absolutely right. So that's what you mean. Yeah, I mean, they're bringing back, I, I think, roughly the same level of talent, the same type of team, the same everything. So we're swapping out some people, but this is this is raised baseball, right? Which I hate for the record, in case I haven't said that a hundred times on the show already. I absolutely hate this model. It's horrible, it's bad for baseball. But but you're absolutely right in the sense that like I mean, yeah, it's it's gonna function exactly like 
last year's team did. They're going to be competitors. They're going to win a reasonable number of baseball games. They have basically no shot at going to the World Series. Um, but I, I, what else do you want me to say? You know, like it's, they're, they're very smart. They're working within a very limited budget. They're working off of a model that I don't like for, I guess, the reasons I'm getting here, which is that, like, you're <laughs> I have to push them all in sooner or later, and they give all their money to Wander Franco, who's maybe not that good. So, um, yes. But but largely, yes, we are working from the same model. The the people are interchangeable. If you wonder why his team doesn't have fans, it's because... What what was it that that Steelers player said about the Browns? They're just a bunch of gray faces. Um, Chase Claypool, like, three years ago, um, would would face the Browns in the postseason said that. And, of course, all of us, you know, Browns fans at the time took great offense to this. But, like, that's the race, right? Like, it's just, like, a bunch of dudes that are all the same person. Um, it's I don't recommend getting attached to anyone uh, because they don't stick around. But essentially, yeah, I mean, you're working from exactly the same model, the same types of players. It's going to function the same way that it always does. It will work reasonably well. But how do they do I've offended people greatly, but they're okay, so I feel okay about it. Okay, then follow-up, quick follow-up before we go to Irby. Um, how do they take the next step if they keep bringing back the same players? They don't. That's why this is never <laughs> going to work. Like, every once in a while, you're going to luck into a World Series appearance because you're putting together a good enough team, and, and credit to the front office staff and the analytics staff that basically are really, really good at the jobs. But they can only do so much working within the model, which they have been given and been instructed to follow. And, like, <laughs> it's just not enough. It's just not. Like, and it's never going to be. Also, it's horrible to watch. It's horrible. It's a bad entertainment product. So don't let that. Mm, but, yeah, not bad product in a bad stadium to watch it in. Ugh. Irby, how about you? What are your thoughts here on the race? Well, uh, continuing with the uh, Price is Right idea, so essentially you guys are saying the Rays are the studio director in charge of hiring the studio audience. Just the exact same thing over and over again. You just got new faces, right? They're, they're the studio audience, Major League Baseball. Mm. Not quite there? Okay. All right, I, I, I feel like the Price is Right audience is, like, more interesting. <laughs> right. I agree. Yeah. Well, some of them get called up. So every once in a while, you know, you get someone that called up, and we get to have you know Randy or Rosarina fun every once in a while. And who knows? Maybe this will be the year of Harold Ramirez. You know, it's I. But yeah, it's as Tampa, the former it, owner of Harold Ramirez, I can assure you that it will not be. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's surely not the year of Manuel Margot, right? Like, this, this not going to It's It's Jose Siri's year. There we go. It's going to be Jose Siri this year steps up. I Look, I'm going to tell with Tampa, um, it's, we've talked about it on here before, of, like, it's not great for baseball just because of how they do it. Um, but they're successful, and they keep doing it. So I, they're going to be there. They're going to be close. We're going to see guys that, that bounce back and have good years and, you know, it's not a bad lineup, but it's not a good, not a great lineup. So it's going to be par lineup, but it's going to get more than par wins, and they'll be in the conversation because that's what the Rays do. <laughs> Smith, anything you want to add to that? And there's not a lot to say about the Rays. 
I, yeah, I mean, we can get into the nuts and bolts of, like, lineup construction here, but, like, I don't think it matters because we're looking at, like you said, it's the same thing, right? I think we're looking at a similar finish. This is going to be a team that makes the postseason and then gets booted out by the first decent game that runs into. Yep. Yep, yep, that sounds about right. Okay, then. Fangraphs has the Rays at 86 wins. So, just, again, recap. The top three teams in the East, according to Fangraphs, are going to be separated by three games. Uh. <laughs> what's, what's your take here, Smith? Are you taking the over or the under? I'm going to take the under because, like, when you start doing the math on this, you're counting on the East teams essentially splitting with one another however you choose, but you're also counting on them all absolutely running over everybody else, including some of the better teams that are outside of this division, and I just don't buy it. It's just too many wins Mm -hmm. to distribute between three teams, especially because we're counting on the Yankees winning a lot more than what Simpson Steamer is giving them. So I'm going to have to go under here. I don't think it's going to be much under, but I think they're a wild card team, but like, I mean, if you're going high 80s for three teams and we're saying we're taking the over on both the Blue Jays and the Yankees, where are those wins going to come from? Like, the Rays would have to run over way too many teams that I don't think they're capable of dominating the regular season. You know, that's actually a really, really good point, Samantha, because this is this is this year we're going back to the balanced schedule. Right. right? We don't have that, hey, we're going to play the rest of our division and, and, and whatnot. Like, like, everyone's playing everybody. The same number of times, and teams got better this offseason. Not just the American League, but these National League teams that the Rays are going to be playing are better than mm-hmm. they were last year. So that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Irby, how about you? You taking the over or the under? Uh, I'm an under as well uh, for the exact similar – or saying the exact similar. There we go. The exact similar reasons. It's the same thing. Um, Yeah. <laughs> The exact so, wow, swing and a miss there. Those are very similar words, Irby. Um, <laughs> More copy. Head. Um, I am taking the raise for similar reasons that you are not, there's not enough wins to go around. The competition you're going to be playing, the teams above you, the teams below, team below you that we haven't discussed yet. Uh, you know, this is our first division that we're talking about. We haven't gotten into the others. When, when we're talking about having all these upper 80s wins for three, four teams, yes, you have to then go, okay, so who's taking the big losses? You know, we, we, we're all well aware that the Oakland A's have sacrificed themselves this year and they will take the big losses, but that's one team. You know, I don't want to get too much in it, but Detroit and Kansas City are getting better. So I don't know where you're getting all these losses. No, I don't see Tampa. You know, they, like I said, they will find a way to get more than 81. So I, I'll put them in that, that low 80s, 82, 83. But, yes, yeah, so it will be under. I'm also taking the under. And I, and I think we should strike the word similar from the rest of the show <laughs> this week. We overdid it. All right. Two more to go, then we're going to get into the time capsule. So let, let's go down to Baltimore, Samantha. This was obviously a very intriguing team a year ago. They finished, what, three games out of the playoffs, I believe, something, clo- something close to that. Um Yet here we go again. Despite all that talk, all that bluster coming out of out of out of the front office. Now, granted, they've been fighting some other battles this offseason that seems to have finally been calmed down. But they didn't really do what 
the, the, the big shopping spree that they were telegraphing to their fans in September that they were going to do this offseason. They signed some guys to one-year deals. That's about all they did. So a little afraid of commitment here. Committed to what they what they did last year to build on what they did last year. Are they blowing a really good opportunity here to take a step back into the playoffs? You know, I can't decide whether I think this is smart or not, but what I do think is that they're going to regress a little bit. And I hate saying that because I love the Orioles and want to see them do well. I think it was really fun what they did. But I also think they played over their own heads, and there's an opportunity in that to get better, yes, if you are willing to commit in the offseason. But I also think they kind of saw the writing on the wall. and Like, I, I don't know how to feel about this because part of me thinks, you know what, you put together a, a competitive team. I, I know they have some issues um, with regard to ownership. You know, is the team getting sold? I, you know, these guys are fighting over control of it. They had that terrible incident on Martin Luther King Day where we had, you know, this white billionaire owner being like, I, how dare you ask me about free agents? It's Martin Luther King Day. Have some respect. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, what? What does that have to do with, oh, right, because you never make any public appearances or answer any questions any other time, and now you're going to say, how dare you ask me that on a holiday, holiday which has nothing to do with you, right. <laughs> so the attitude uh, of the Angelos family leaves something to be desired, certainly. Um, but look, I don't entirely blame them for not pushing all their chips into the center of the table because they played better than they really were a year ago. We don't think they're quite there yet. Their division is really competitive. There are a lot of teams in line for the wild card spots in the American League. So I get it from that perspective. I also think that part of the problem with baseball right now is we have too many teams that are just like, well, you know what? Like, never going to happen. Not worth it. We're just learning a salary floor, but that's a whole other discussion, and, and we've certainly mm-hmm. talked about that plenty of times on this podcast. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think really it's there's a, a way to look at this that says this is absolutely the right move. You need to sit a little bit because you're not there yet, and then there's another perspective on it, which is like, if you're close, you should try. Like, I, I'm tired of watching teams not try. So I'm landing, I guess, more on that side than I'm disappointed because I think if you have any shot at all to be competitive and get yourself to the postseason, then you should do what you need to do. And, and part of the problem here, too, is I think that if they had been a little bit more aggressive, I would have said, okay, right, absolutely. You're not going all in right now. That's mm-hmm. smart. Save your money. But they did, like, barely anything at all. And that feels a little discouraging and feels a little bit like the whole problem that we have in baseball, which is the, well, I'm not going to win a World Series, so I'm not going to do anything. So I, I guess I'm landing a bit on the side of disappointed here, and this team is going to regress as a result of it, which is too bad because it was fun watching what they were able to do a year ago. Yeah, you know, like, like when we say that like, they should have done more, we're not talking about getting into the DeGrom market, right? Right, right, Or the exactly. judge market. But there were so many of the, like that second and third tier that really could have taken this team maybe just that that extra gear to get him one of those last wild card spots and they didn't go out there and do that well if you're not willing to compete for the second and third tier how are you ever going to compete with any offseason strategies like, like i i don't i don't get that and and i think i think it's a bad signal to send your fan base like like no one expected them to get the big guys but there was a lot of there was a lot of players that they could have at least engaged with to give their fans a little hope that when it, the time does come 
and they are that one player or two players away, they can do more than just make a trade. Well, stick with the Texas example, because you're you're dead right. Like, yeah, nobody expected you to be in on DeGrom. Why were you not in on Evaldi? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's, that's the divide here that I, mm-hmm. I think we're looking at. Like, so, I mean, yikes. It's, I don't know. It's just, it's disappointing. I think it's disappointing. Oh, it's very, it's very disappointing. I'm very disappointed in that front office. But, Irby, they still got a lot of young talent on that team. So where are you at here with the Orioles? Well, there's the bright side. Is yeah, there, there's a whole lot of young talent, and I think that is the reason why the staying pat. I'm with you guys. I I don't like what they did. I think you could have and should have done a whole lot more. But I mean, I'm just going to argue that side of it is that you're looking at this going, okay, we're we're building something here in the rotation around Kramer, Wells, Voth, Brandish. And you brought in Kyle Gibson. And yes, Kyle Gibson's going to eat some innings up for you, but he's not going to, you know, if he gets any win, one win over 500, you're, you're going to be happy with it. So, yeah, I, I don't like that there wasn't more involvement. I don't like the, I mean, let's just stick within the division of the stuff. I'm not saying you were going to get a road on, but that's it. You know, don't let him go to the direct competition. And mm-hmm. so, I, yeah, I, I, uh, this is why you know, I picked this team last week as one of the teams I'm, I'm excited about because, like you said, Bo, the Rushmans, the Mountcastles. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to get to see Gunnar Henderson. Um, I, Cedric Mullins is fun to watch in the outfield. He's great to watch. And they've got it, the general. You know, they keep saying Grayson Rodriguez is going to make the rotation. Right. I, Grayson Rodriguez has been their top pitching prospect every single year whenever you know twice a year whenever we're getting these updates on, on prospects whether you like them or not you know but every year since 2019 so we are going into <laughs> the fifth year in a row of this okay so at some point you got to bring them up we're going to find out what we have because you, you can't forever just like this isn't like a trading card and like well if you never touch it it'll stay mint that's not how this works you've got to find out what he can do and I know there's been injury concerns, but what was it last year? A lat injury, he missed three months. Okay, the last time I checked, that wasn't the whole freaking season. So get him in there. Find out what you have. And, and that is where I think you are spot on that we don't know because Baltimore won't commit. And, and, and that's the thing. You know, we, we all had both. I don't know about you. I had that problem. I didn't do a lot of dancing in middle school because I was too afraid to go ask the girl to dance. Okay, worked out fine in the end. I married way up. But in middle school, I had no game because I was too afraid to at least ask. <laughs> my problem was I, I was perfectly fine getting the dance. I didn't want to commit to the second dance. That was my problem. Well, that's what we need Baltimore now. They need to, you got to at least dance once. So do something because adding Kyle Gibson and Adam Frazier yeah. is not going to make the difference in, in, in a division where especially – like, like, let's go to what just what, what we've been talking about, and then we'll get into the over under here. But, but what if, what if these projections are right, and the Yankees win eighty nine, and, and, and Toronto's at eighty eight, and the Rays are at eighty six? You had eighty three last year. You are absolutely right in that conversation. But now I don't think you are because you didn't really do anything. So I come on, Baltimore. <laughs> Samantha, anything you want to add here to the to the, to the O's conversation before we uh, play over under? Nope. Nope. 
All right, so let's take a look at those uh, projections thanks to our friends at Fangraphs for the Orioles. Uh, Projected for 80 wins, Samantha. That's a very difficult number to do an over-under on (laughs) with this Orioles team. What say you? I'm going to take the under uh, just because I think they're going to regress a little bit. And 80 feels, again, where are all these wins coming from? That is a lot of wins out of one division. Especially because, like spoiler alert, I'm probably going to run a little high on the Red Sox. So, 80s, yeah, I'm taking the under. Not by a lot, but I will take the under. <laughs> Irby, how about you? Over or under 80? Um, man, that's. I really want to take the over and only by one and make this like 81 and 81, just because that's I mean, four teams in the 80 wins. That is a big ask. That is, and so, yeah, between these four, it's the one that I'm betting the least on, so I, I, I technically have to take under. Um, I know, like, I agree that I think there's a little bit of a step back. Um, there is a huge step forward um, at second base, not just because you've added Adam Frazier, but you've also gotten rid of Rudnett Odor. So <laughs> easily, easily four wins right there. Damn. Um, I, I'm not wrong. But, so I... <laughs> It's just poor roof net or door uh, not escape your ire. <laughs> yeah, you know what? No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, no, I heck no, and, and that's goes for all the roof net doors, his father and all his brothers. No, you know what? I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I picked this as my most exciting team. I, I'm changing. It. I'm gonna go over. This is a, the 81 and 81. This is this is a 500 team. I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust in Baltimore. I'm gonna trust in what we're seeing from the offense and that the pitching continues. I'm, I'm choosing joy. Choosing going joy. over. Okay. Uh, I'm taking the under. <laughs> I don't think they get to 80. It's co- they're going to be close to 80. I don't think they actually get to 80. One more before we hop into that time capsule, Smith. Let's talk about Boston. Uh, I, th- I think it's being p- polite to say that they're gambling with that starting rotation just a little bit. They're gambling there. Uh, you got you got multiple players coming back from pretty significant injuries. Now, uh, we've seen, you know, this this work out before, and we've seen it become a catastrophic failure before. So, do you, do you want to take a guess? Do you want to put on your your prognosticator's cap and, and tell us which one that's going to be? Well, I mean, I think this is tough. Like, this, you know, the rest have been like murdered this offseason for decision making and for having I mean, a lot of people said they thought they were the biggest loser of the offseason, which I think is largely tied to a combination of not remaining Vander Rogers. It's not going to happen. Um, so I think that, that that's really more like a hangover from the Mookie Betts thing, and, and they probably should have expected them to, to move on um, from there. It's not going to work out between the two sides, and that's fine, um, especially once we kind of saw the way that contracts were trending this offseason. It just wasn't going to happen, especially because we knew the extension was coming for Devers. So there's that piece of it. Um, I, I'm not feeling particularly critical about that. I think they did what they needed to do. Trevor's story thing, you know, they caught another bad break there that they weren't anticipating. That I, I think they've kind of rejiggered, uh, at least defensively, to compensate for that. And you can make the argument that that is that comes back. That, you didn't have for the first half of the season. But I expect them to see in the race. I, I do not. I think they're going to be a little bit better than people thought. I don't think their option is quite as bad mm-hmm. as it's being made out to be. But man, that rotation is wrong. This, is, this looks. Watch. I mean, a lot of question marks. A lot of question 
All right, Irby, how about you? Where are you at with the Red Sox? You know, if we're playing video games and you can turn injuries off, they're going to be just fine. They're going to be good, in fact, <laughs> because that's what this is. I mean, it is you, – you look at the names up and down, what, what these pitchers can do when healthy, and, yeah, it's great. But it is – I don't. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it. I don't love what they've put together here, and I don't trust it. I don't trust it to work. If everybody stays healthy, it's going to be fine. But I, I the lot of questions, lots of questions. There is some significant. There is some real talent here, and they Boston will have series where they're going to look dominant, and they're going to sweep people, and they're going to beat playoff teams, and they're going to sweep playoff teams. They're going to have those series. And then they're going to have those weeks where it doesn't seem like you'll ever get out of a hole. And so, I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't trust it. I don't like it. It can work because of the talent that's there. But it's when you have this many question marks and this many ifs, it rarely works out well. All right, let's take a look then at the uh, roster, proje- the, the win projections for Boston. 79 wins, according to Fangraphs. Samantha, where are you at with the Red Sox? Over, under. 79? 79. So they're, they've got them to so one behind the Orioles. Yes. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, the under on there. I actually think they're going to finish ahead of the Orioles. My hot take, but I think they're going to finish under 79. Yeah. I think that's high. Irby, how about you? Man, 10 wins separating first and fifth in the AL East. I am here for that party. So, yikes! <laughs> wow, that is that that gets some good ratings. It's going to be great for baseball, but I don't see it happening. Uh, I'm an under here. I just don't. Too many ifs. Yeah. Too many ifs. I agree. You have that many ifs. It usually doesn't come out well for you in the end. All right. Well, that's our AL East preview. First one under under our belts here, guys. Uh, we're going to do the National League East next week. So you, you NL East fans, you know, you want to tune in next week for that. But for now, let's get into that time capsule. Samantha, this is your week. Uh, what do you have for us tonight? All right. Well, football season's over, guys. So we're going to switch it up a little bit here, and, and we're going to base it around a baseball um, instead of football. So where we're looking for a first or a last or what have you from baseball, because it's baseball season now. So we're going to kick this off with a World Series piece instead of a Super Bowl piece. And, and you guys can see if you can figure out that Super Bowl later, but it's baseball season now. I'm driving the bus, baseball, all the way. <laughs> and you gentlemen will know, of course, the answer to this. Um, the World Series in 2010, this is the last year that's eligible for time capsule, so we're getting that very last one out of the way here, the year is 2010. It is the first World Series appearance for your Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. On then to lose four games to one to the San Francisco Giants. Giants, first World Series win since 54 when they beat my Cleveland Indians. So, 2010. here we are. Um, but yeah, like I, I hate to bring up bad memories. I am sorry about that, but we had to move <laughs> on to baseball or kicking off with Texas. So let's get into the other sports here. Um, Super Bowl, uh, a little bit different here. Instead of guessing World Series, they're going to be looking for Super Bowls here. So, uh, 
this was actually a first Super Bowl win for, for somebody. Does anybody know who that team was and who they beat? All right, 2010. Let's say it's easy to guess Patriots, but there it's like, no, that's not the Patriots now. Um, <laughs> 2001 would 2010. Yeah. It's uh, the Saints, isn't it? No. Yeah, I think so. But yeah. that's over the Colts. That's right. Saints yep. over the Colts? Yep. Yep. Saints 31, Colts 17, MVP Drew Brees. How about the NBA? Who won the finals that year? I, uh, 2010. Who won the finals in 2010? I want to say the wasn't that one of one of one of the Lakers uh, without Shaq, but they had Kobe. Yeah. Ooh, well done. All right, so the Lakers won in 2010. Who they beat? Who the Lakers beat in 2010? Wasn't Indiana? Isn't that, that, is it Boston? Yeah. Yeah, that's about that time when Boston was in and out right. a lot. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, it was a rematch. Everyone was talking about, you know, Bird yep. versus Magic and this was this was not gonna be that and it wasn't. <laughs> so <laughs> Yep, four games for three. Um so let's see. Oh, here's another one that I think you guys ought to know. NCAA title game. Who won it, or maybe who lost it, is what I should be asking you. Who lost in 2010, Irby? Um, man, you threw me for a loop there instead of like, because immediately your brain goes to who won it, like who lost it. Like, wait a minute, okay. <laughs> 20. I want to ask why you're making me figure out the loser first. For the most obvious reason in the entire world. <laughs> Take the most obvious reason I would ask you to tell me the loser of the game. Why would I expect you to know that? Well, Texas has never been there. Yeah. What? Oh. Yeah, Texas. Sam over Texas. Oh, oh, you're talking football. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. I was thinking college basketball. So was I, actually. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yes, yes. This is a uh, holy snap. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay, yes, this is um, Colt McCoy gets injured on the opening drive and the oh, Longhorns. Yeah. Right. I I want to be a Longhorn fan and say, yeah, if we had Colt, we would beat Alabama. But no, I don't, no. I don't think it would have happened. Mm-hmm. It would have been closer. But don't, yes. Don't go down that road, dude. Don't do it. Yep. And the horns <laughs> haven't now, been back since then. <laughs> All right, who won March Madness in 2010? Uh, we'll call this a perennial favorite beating a team that would have been a hot team around this time. Hmm. A hot team, like like hot for the tournament, or or for like a few years. Few years. Okay. So this is 
if Zaga's around, but Zaga wouldn't have made it or anything. Oh, is this the uh, butler? When Butler yeah. got back, yeah, yeah, the um, yeah, Gordon Hayward's Brad, butler, Brad Stevens' butler, yeah, yes, Brad Stevens. Yeah. So that would have um, they lost, yeah, but they had a winning shot. It didn't fall, obviously. Um, they lost to Duke. Correct. All right. Good job. Good job. Um, also, any anybody know who won the World Cup? There's another World Cup here. 2010. Germany. Yeah. yeah. We did Germany, Brazil, France. <laughs> yeah, so throw, throw out your four perpetual ones. It's not any of those. It is, however, one that you would about. So it's none of those, then this would be, um, it's the one outlier. Yeah, this is uh, Spain beat the Netherlands. Yeah, very good. Yeah, very good. the one time that, yeah, none of the biggies in a while haven't wow. been there. Yeah, there's no yeah. way I was going to get that. <laughs> no chance. What's funny about that Dutch team, uh, that was a bunch of young players on that team, and those same young players were on their team this past World Cup, and you can kind of guess how that didn't work out, right? <laughs> All right, so um, let's see. Well, we'll just tell you a few other things. Um, there was an Olympics this year as well. It was in Vancouver. That's the Winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the iPad was released this year for the first time. I thought that sounded early, but um, yeah, 2010, first iPad. And let's see, I think it's this point. We can move into music and movies. You yeah. guys have a preference? You got one or the other you want to do first? I think we, Irby, we tend to do better when we do movies first. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's do movies. That might help us. That might help us with, with the music. music. Yeah. Okay. All right. Why don't you go ahead then? Give me some movies. What do we got? 2010. Well, there, there should be one way up ahead. No competition. Well, maybe not no competition. This is Avatar. Sorry, I can't hear you. Avatar. Yes. Oh, you got your jar of dirt. You got your jar of dirt. That's yeah. Number one. This is Avatar. Okay, so... um. No, I want to make Bo guess this, but I hey, believe you, you know what—you you got a jar of dirt, man. Like you got to acknowledge it. You got number one. Oh, that's right! I got a jar of dirt. That's right! I forgot. Why it. did you think I, I was thinking that? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, I got my jar of dirt. <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, twelve years ago. Since twelve years before the second movie, we're gonna wait twelve years for the third movie. No. Probably not. Um, right. We sh- we should be hammering out. That's what I'm saying. I, I I want Bo to guess this, but I don't think he'll get there. But we should be hammering out a big time Harry Potter in here. Yeah, yeah I, there is. There ain't no way I'm getting that, and you know one. That. Which one, Bo? One Harry. Yeah, there's a Harry Potter. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know any of these. So I will say, the, the, what's what's helping me here, this is the last year that I remember going to a bunch of movies because this is before the last year I, before I had children. Samuel was born the, the next year. So this is a big year of going to see movies. But yeah, this should be uh, Deathly Hallows Part 1. That's right. That was number seven. It's funny you say that because wow. I think I saw more movies in the theater this year than last 
certainly since this year, and probably for several years before this, because I was running down this list and going, yep, I saw that in the theater, I saw that in the theater, and that's very unusual for me. I had a lot of these I saw in theater. So that should tell you something, too, if you think that's the kind of, like, dumb things that I like. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hallow's one is ah. really on there, number seven. So you got one, you got seven. We got a lot of animated stuff going on here, and a lot of stuff that's, almost all of these are part of a franchise of some sort. In fact, every single one of them is. Right. Everything in the top ten is part of a franchise of some sort, except for number six. Okay, so, so uh, I'm thinking, is there a Pirates in this one? Uh, no, this is too late for Pirates. Too, too late for Pirates. Actually, I don't know when the one, I only, you know, I only got the original trilogy. Um, so <laughs> right. I'm not sure when the fourth one came out, but it was not this year. Okay, uh, another franchise oh. in Fast and the Furious. Yeah, there you go. But no, this would be the beginning of um, the MCU, so we're probably, oh, yeah. it's a Thor or an Iron Man. Uh, um, yeah. It's one of those, like, I don't, I want to say Thor was, Thor was probably 2011, so this might have been, so it's Iron Man? Okay. Not the first, no, though, right? no. That's not no, Iron Man. I, Iron Man. I, Iron Man two. Yeah, Iron Man two. Okay. Number four. Yeah. Wow, there's two movies ahead of that. Well, to be fair, Iron Man two wasn't all that great. No. The first one was it's better than three, though. Three is we, we don't. Gross. We don't. I think you'll understand why when you see what's ahead of it. We don't acknowledge Iron Man three on this podcast. I thought we've been through that. <laughs> no, right. I don't even talking about that. It doesn't exist. All right. Um, all right. So we need. To... All right. She so said quite a few animated. Yeah. This is your wheelhouse, Irby. Yeah. There are let's, one, two, three, four animated movies left. Whoa. Okay. And one that is like half animated. Half animated. Yeah. Crap. I wish I hadn't guessed Avatar because that's not that animated. Half animated. Um, like Sin City? <laughs> um, different vibe. Very different vibe from Sin City. This is a um, much more family friendly product than Sin City. Like, much more family friendly. It is a remake in some ways. Um, it's definitely part of the franchise. It is put out by a company that makes 100% animated movies and also makes live action movies. And this was kind of a hybrid of the two. Oh, was this when Disney was starting to do that? With, okay. Uh, no, no, not quite. Um, so, not like Beauty and the Beast stuff. Like no, there, it's not just a straight retelling of an animated with live people. This is a little bit more of an original story, but it is technically there is an animated version of this that is made by Disney. An animated so, version by Disney. by Disney, and, and this is a Disney classic that is the animated version of this, but it's a different story in some way. Some things in common, some not. A little bit closer to the book. That it is based on than the animated version. Oh, Alice in Wonderland! Yes! Oh 
Oh, wow. That was rough. I did see that in theaters. and I, <laughs> I did, too. I remember thinking how much more fun it would have been if I had done some mushrooms before I went in there. <laughs> yeah, it's very, like... Donnie didn't have any dirt in that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did. Uh... <laughs> it's a super, like, weird-ass movie. Um, good job like, on the half animated. I like that. That was good. And that was where? That was number three. It was number three. Okay, so we still need number two, right? Yes, and two is animated. Two is animated. Okay, well, it's got to be. Okay, what's the Pixar's in there? This is because this is. Yeah, this is. Is it? That's too early for Masters um, University, right? Well, that was. No, this is this is later. This is um. This isn't going to be Cars. This isn't going to be. Oh, is it going to be uh, uh, Toy Story Three? Yeah, there you go. yeah, yeah. That's right. That was yeah. That okay. So that made a that actually was close to Avatar money wise, wasn't it? Uh yeah. Avatar was four hundred sixty-six million, and Toy Story was four hundred fifteen. Okay, yeah. That was yeah. very popular because it was a summer release, and it killed that summer. Hot take: terrible movie. Hated it. <laughs> Nothing awful. Very Two very. Stories. Absolutely outstanding. Third one, terrible, garbage. Okay, so... Um, so it does give away one of the other animated, because I do associate for some dumb reason, maybe it's because I was about to have a child. Um, How to Train Your Dragon is probably one of your other good. animated. That is nice yes. Good job. We showed, we showed our little one that a lot. I think he still has the stuff friend in his bed right now. Oh, my kids are very into the book right now of How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, would it be a, uh, uh, one of the Shreks? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Shrek. Uh, I don't remember the name. Sorry. 
But that that track forever after, apparently. Mm-hmm. I'm thing is I'm not sure if that's um, the third one. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's the third one at some point, but I don't really remember. I don't know. I can one and two. I'm pretty clear on the rest. So the other is the beginning two. of a franchise. Yeah, the beginning of an animated franchise. I think um, these certainly show up in other things. Um, very popular. I believe, actually, are these things. They might be connected to the Monsters, Inc. stuff. I don't know because I've never seen it. But I think that they might have some connection to that. The only the only one that's connected to Monsters, Inc. that I know was, was Monsters University, right, Irby? There wasn't another one. Yeah, because that's, that's Pixar. Is this another? All right, so do you guys want a hint then? This is, this is number eight. This is the other animated. But if I give you a hint, it's going to be really obvious. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to need a hint. You want it? Okay. Okay, this is like Minion. Oh, Despicable Me. Yeah, yeah. No, that that's uh that's Universal Studios, not Pixar. Okay. Um, you haven't watched the oh, watch those. Those are good. Steve Carell, those are good. That's yes, good Minion stuff. Wow, that more, is. That, wow. One more movie then. I haven't seen this either. Um, but everyone talks about it. It's been the title's been turned into a verb. Um, if that helps you, this was a big one. It was weird. It was definitely weird. Not an animated movie. The title's been turned into a verb. <laughs> it's very supernaturally. Or maybe more sci-fi. Oh, is this the is this the Christopher Nolan stuff? Um so this would be this is way before. This is before. This Interstellar. No, um, Inception. Yeah, there you go. Yes, good movie. Great. Uh, movie. That is a verb now. <laughs> it is. Yes. No, that's good. That, that's good. Now, like, I hear. Yeah. All right. A uh, couple other notables, and then we're going to move on. Um, at number fourteen, another great animated movie, Tangled. Um, oh, yeah. Number twenty-five. This is for you, Bo. The Expendables. Nice. You would be into. Uh, number 32, <laughs> one of my personal favorites, The Town. And way down at number 67, Bo, this is also for you, Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Love that movie. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's do some music. And yeah. Early guesses. Uh, aside from the fact that the top 10 movies didn't help us at all. <laughs> yeah, the, the movies, to my knowledge, the movies are not going to help you with any of these. <laughs> Yay. So you're telling me that the title track to Hot Tub Time Machine, which was Autograph, um, Turn Up the Radio, is not on this list. I don't even know what that is. Oh. It, it's a great song. No, the only thing I'm going to guess <laughs> is, is Mantha's always good at tying these in. Um, Rihanna was at the halftime show. So do we have some Rihanna? We sure do. Technically, she's a feature on this song. Mm. But, yes, it is considered she did not perform this last night, I don't think, or at least I didn't hear it. Um, she's a feature on it. This one did not come up in the performance, I don't think, unless I missed it. Um, it does require a rapper. Requires her. Oh, uh, when she did uh, Love the Way You yeah. Lie with yeah. Eminem. Yeah, yeah. 
Very good. That's number seven. Bam! Uh, that's my one, Bo. It's all you from here on out. Oh, yeah. That, that's going to go well. Um, <laughs> oh, God. 2010. Well, think this is... Who's the other... This is... We're, we're heavy into just the pop that I don't like. Are in, in This is that time. Like, um... My wife's gonna kill me because I won't know it. But is this this is Lady Gaga, as well? Uh yeah, there is one Lady Gaga song in here. Yeah, okay. this is sort of the on the back end of um, Same Monster, so the second wave of songs off of that album. Oh, that was all I could give you. Is that Lady Gaga's popular? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So do you do you have any Lady Gaga knowledge that you would like to share, or do you want me to just tell you guys? I mean, I've got, I've got some. I'm trying to think of the name of this song. Um, I can't think of the name of it. You're gonna, if if, if it's if it's what I'm thinking of, I'm really gonna be upset. Uh, I I know Lady Gaga. I know some of her songs. Um, I don't know what was popular in 2010 though. So what do you got? Okay, so this is kind of like the second wave of songs off of that album. So the one that's in the top ten is Bad Romance at number eight. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. She also shows up at 16 with Beyonce on telephone, and then again at 33, Alejandro, and again at 54 with Paparazzi. I knew that one. That doesn't help us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you've got seven and eight, and you you might want to stay in that sort of female pop singer. There, there's a number of there's. Let's see, two more of those where sort of the, the female singer is the headliner and then one more that sort of lives in the same genre where the female singer is the feature. Does that mean Beyonce? Uh, no, none of these are Beyonce. Um, <laughs> the only time she shows up here is on telephone with Lady Gaga, which was not in the top ten. What about Taylor Swift? Uh, nothing in the top 10. Um, she doesn't show up until way down the charts. I think because this was the year after, um, Speak Now was released. Mm, So, mine and, like, Today with the Fairy Tale show up down towards the bottom. 46 and 84, respectively. Who's the other? Katy Perry. Um. Yeah, okay, there you go. There you go. All right, there is one of those in the top ten. Oh, okay. Uh, firework. Um... Dark Horse. I don't... Uh, before Dark Horse. And right around the same time as Firework, I think. Uh, maybe a little, No, before, before Firework, I think, because this is Teenage Dream. So... California Girls? A... Yeah, there you go. Hey, good job. Uh, very good. That's number four. Okay. Good job. All right. So number one is also a female singer. No feature on this one. She's all by herself. She was very popular right around this time. For like a couple of years, she was like very big. And then she disappeared for a very, very long time, although we found out later. Is it Kesha? Yeah. Very good. Okay. Ooh. It's the big oh, one. Oh. The big one. The first one. It's the big one. Oh, what the hell was that called? Oh, it's the the one that's ruined America now. Well, for totally different reasons. TikTok. <laughs> I was like, why did Kesha ruin America? <laughs> no, the other TikTok. Sold her song to the Chinese. <laughs> what? No, no, no conspiracy oh, theories. Poor Kesha, we love you. You're really bad deal. Um, <laughs> yes, she did. Yes. Not, she however, did. fun fact. 
not the first time we saw Kesha. If you were paying attention, she is in one episode of The Simple Life with Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie, which actually aired before she was ever famous as a singer. She was very young in that, and Paris Hilton threw up in her closet. <laughs> or maybe she threw up in her closet. I can't remember which direction that went. But that was like before she got famous when she still was in her trailer. Is that when Kesha was an S and not a dollar sign? Or I don't know. Is that, that, that still a yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. No, I think it was always a, yeah, she would have been pre-dollar sign then. Pre-dollar sign. <laughs> pre-dollar sign. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so there's a sort of country song in number two. Um, three is a pop song, um, more traditional pop, not pop hip-hop. Five and six are pop, hip-hop, nine and ten are as well. And nine and ten are both by the same artist. Hmm. All right. Country's um, Carrie Underwood? Yeah, no, but right type of not really country country. Oh. Um, it's a band, not an individual, but yes, right type. Mm-hmm. Hmm. They're not quite that bad, but close. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite that bad, but close. close. Lady Antebellum. Yeah, there oh, you go. <laughs> no clue in the song. I just <laughs> close. I, I, <laughs> you know what? I, I I have a visceral reaction to that band. So there ain't no way in hell I know this. Uh, no. I, yeah, I didn't. I would not have been able to get this either. I am familiar with the song, but yeah, no, thank you, Lady Annabellum, which whatever they're called, they're called something else now. Lady A, I don't know, they changed their name, but this was Need You Now. Um, oh, not gosh. great. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, that three. sounds like a country song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you'll know number three. This is pop, not hip-hop or R&B pop, just straight pop. pop. You, definitely, you definitely know the band. It's not a bad song, but it was very overplayed. Um, this band was very popular around this time. And almost everything we did got overplayed. Hmm. Pop band that was very popular. One word name. One word name. Everyone's mom likes this song. Including Zach Wilson's mom? Yeah, I could see her being in the game. <laughs> I doesn't help me, but still. Though, so it's, that's kind of a tough thing. I'm not sure about that one. Um, um, word. Zach. One word pop band. One word name. We talked about something connected to this name. Not the band, but the name before we went on air. Happening, Houston. Oh, a train derailment. Yeah. yeah. So oh, trains. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, uh, Zach Wilson's mom basically a train concert. Yeah, I'm not. Anybody gonna, know what the song is? Uh, I didn't know the band, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. It's Hazel. Hazel. <laughs> Very popular. Oh, yeah. A lot of ukulele in that one. Okay, so the rest of these are all sort of pop hip hop. Um, Number five, I don't 
think I know this song. Actually, I'm sure I do, but I don't know it by title. Um, the title is an acronym or a text-speak acronym, if you will, and it's by a guy who we just had an issue with where we didn't know the song two weeks ago, and we had to look it up because we didn't know it, but we certainly know the artist. Oh, Eddie Murphy! No. <laughs> See, I was going to make that same show. That was, um, no. See, who was the other, uh, the other one that we had? Uh, Usher. Yeah, very good. So, and you, it, so this would be uh, OMG. Yeah. Oh, he said, uh, well, it's, I, no, no, that's purely on your hints there. That is good. These are, these are good clues. But, oh, yes. featuring uh, William or Will I Am or whatever it is from the Black Eyed Peas. So. Oh, okay. wait, no, the Black Eyed Peas are involved in this top ten, right? Uh, well, are Tony William is a member of Black Eyed Peas? I guess that was half, half, cred, half bad yeah. credit. Um, they, they, <laughs> they do unfortunately show up again later in the countdown, but not in the top ten, unfortunately. Um, at number six, uh, this is going to be nine and ten, I think are going to be a little bit harder to get, but the same artist, but I'm less familiar, so I'm betting you are too. At number six, um, this one I think you'll know. This was a big hit. Um, the singer's name is an acronym. Um, the feature on this one is the female lead singer of an emo pop band, I'll call it. Hmm. It was notably ripped off. Their most famous song was notably ripped off by Olivia Rodrigo. Well, that sounds like it's in Irby's wheelhouse. What about that is in my wheelhouse? <laughs> I was, I'm locked in on that. Uh, I am Josh uh, Hamilton with a slider from a left. Oh, damn. Yeah, okay. Does anybody, we had a train earlier. The title of this song is Another Form of Transportation. How about that? Does that help you? Like a boat? Like a plane? Not there you go. Airplane. Oh, this is paper airplanes. Airplanes. Yeah. No, no, not paper planes. That's a different. Song. No, 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 no. Airplanes um, by uh, um, you know, B O B. Um, yeah, yeah. B O. That's what. It, it, yeah, B O B. Did you go by that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interestingly, though, Bo, you were right that what you said follows the parameters as well because paper planes is by M I A. Another. Yeah. Yeah. So technically true. Um, so that was a good guess. But yeah, this is Airplanes by B.O.B. The feature was Haley Williams of Paramore. Um, yep. All right, 9 and 10. Anybody know who this person is? Oh. Um, the, the song at number 9, uh, there's a BTS song with the same title. Mm. And there's almost a Tony Braxton song with the same title as the one at number 10. These are both the same artist. Tony Braxton. I will tell you that the feature on one of them is ludicrous. The other one does not have a feature. I don't know what happened to this guy. I don't think he's around anymore. But you probably know who he is. Hmm. From BTS. I feel like in 2010, featuring ludicrous doesn't really dare really <laughs> tell. That's fair. Uh, uh, he has the same last name as a very, very old baseball player who's still kicking around, even though he's very old. Old by baseball standards, not by human standards. He's just old to still be in Major League Baseball. Who's the old guy? 
little guy. This is last name. Not Verlander. The other one. He's a DH. Hmm. Guy. <laughs> Irby? You guys know who this person is. They have the same last name. Irby, who's old that plays that is still playing baseball? I mean, I'm thinking of Rich Hill. Not a pitcher. Not a pitcher. Designated hitter. Designated hitter. JD Martinez. Oh, oh, Nelson Cruz. Yeah. Okay, good. Oh. So this person's last name is Cruz. What is their first name? Nelson. Anybody? <laughs> Nelson Nobody? Cruz with a song? Nelson. <laughs> not Nelson. It's not Nelson Cruz. <laughs> hey, Eddie Murphy right. had one. You never know. I share. Fair. Um, and, well, Joe West has a song. Oh, if you cheat on me, you'll be out at home, which is kind of funny. Um <laughs> That's so cheesy, but I love it. That's great. I know, but it's kind of great, right? <laughs> um, unfortunately, this is also not Joe West. He, he is not cracked the Billboard Top 100, let alone the Top 10. Um, this is Tayo Cruz. Uh, ooh, I was never going to get that. But yeah, Nelson's younger friend. brother? I would, I would never have gotten it either. Um, not sure if they're related. You can check on that. Number nine, this is the one that has the same title as the BTS song, and I mentioned that's Dynamite. And number 10, almost the same title as the Tony Braxton song, which is Break Your Heart, as opposed to Unbreak Your Heart. All right, so that's the top 10. Not your best work, guys. Uh, <laughs> although, actually, you've got a lot of these, though. No, you, you did all right. You did all right. The Tayo Cruz was kind of a tough hang. Um, some other notables, uh, Empire State of Mind, Baby and Alicia Keys at number 21. Uh, you asked about Black Eyed Peas. It's the worst Black Eyed Peas song. I got a feeling. Number twenty nine. Actually, is that the worst? That's the worst. Um, podcast favorite Nelly at number thirty five. Just a dream. Uh, oh, no one's favorite. Great song. No oh. one's favorite at number forty four. Justin Bieber, baby. Oh god. And the last one oh. notable here is Miley Cyrus, Party in the USA at number sixty seven. Although that was originally in two thousand nine. Interesting. So, so Miley wasn't in the top ten. See, she was one of the ones I was going to guess, but none of your hints matched up to Miley Cyrus. So I said no. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, that and... came out in two thousand nine. I think that's why. Okay. And then this song kind of stuck around. So. But yes, we were right about our assumption early on. There's definitely nothing from the movies helped out there. No. Yeah, I don't think any of these. Wow. To my knowledge, connect to any of these movies in any way. <laughs> A little bit easier slate than that last go round we had with the 2000s. <laughs> We're just like, I don't even know what any of these songs are. So, but you, you guys did pretty good. You got a lot of these. Um, Irby. Yeah, this was your week, wasn't it? You the one who got all these TikTok and. Yeah. I, yeah, that's. Usher. I don't know how I feel about this, but I did better. I like I tried to stay away from music in 2010. Apparently, I did not. <laughs> No, no, you guys, you did all right. You did all right. And you did good on the movie. So, good job. Got your jar of dirt. Oh, Irby, I forgot to give you another jar of dirt for Kesha. Sorry about that. You actually are. Oh. So, jar of dirt for Avatar, jar of dirt for Kesha. Congratulations. And that is going to close the book on 2010. <sighs> 2010. What a year. What a year that was. <laughs> all right. Nice job, Samantha. That was fun. 
We've got one division in the books. Another. What's <laughs> six to go? I am so absolutely discombobulated between football and baseball right now. I don't even know how many divisions are in baseball. Next week is the NL East. That's on tap. Until then, watch some hockey. That's all it's on, hockey or basketball. We'll see you guys next week. Don't forget to give us a like. Subscribe to the podcast. Reach out to us on Twitter. However you want to get a hold of us. Until next week, we're out of here. Something strange in your neighborhood.